0: Thank you, Taylor. Beautiful song. Did you know that 63% of the U.S. population today identifies as Christians compared to 90% in the 1970s? And if this trends continue, Christians in America... Could make up between 35 and 46 percent of the US population by the year 2070. We will be the minority. I am Mark Hernandez, and I'm excited to be with you today to help you become the Christian God created you to be. The Christian. I know you're able to be. No matter what stage your faith is in right now. And by your personal witness, you can start changing lives, starting with your own. The title of today's message is Faith in Action. Empowering your personal walk with God. It's just amazed me how God works in our lives. You would think that we spoke with each other today and organized the songs. We didn't. This is the work of the Holy Spirit. So... We're going to talk about two different concepts today faith and belief. Let's start with belief. According to Webster's dictionary, it's a conviction of the truth of some statement or the reality of some being or phenomenon, especially when based on the examination of evidence. That is, you have to witness something. You have to be hearing it or observing it or studying it in order for you to incorporate that belief. Definition from the King James Version Dictionary about belief is persuasion of the truth. So how does this happen? This is, we have to have a mental representation Of what we are witnessing, of a person, of a place, of a situation. But how does that happen? How do we develop that? Some of you have seen little children today. And this concept that an object is permanent no matter if we see it or not, if we hear it or not. This concept that we have regarding something existing starts at age two months old. So between two months and four months, the the child is developing this concept of permanence, realizing that things are permanent, whether they see them or not. And you all are part of training that child. You all have accomplished this concept of permanence. And I'll tell you why in a little bit. How does this happen? When does this develop? Two to four months. By the age of eight months old, the child already knows that this is going to be there, no matter if I see it or hear it or not. How do we do with it? We play peekaboo with the children. We cover our face and we disclose it peekaboo and we close it. And what happens to the child's face when they can't see us? <laughs> Some of them are like, what's going on? And we open our, our, our hands or we drop something that we're covering our face, and they're smiling again. And we love that about children. We love them see them laugh and giggle and smile at us. But that's that concept. We're teaching them that no matter if they see us or not, we still exist. This concept... This ability is the ability to remember and to retain that an object continues to exist, whether they see it or not, whether they hear it or not. You don't even have to show them your face. You can show them a toy and cover it up with a blanket. And all of a sudden, when they don't see it, it doesn't exist. This is where the concept out of mind, or out of sight, excuse me, out of mind. And you know that they have accomplished this by by the time you cover something up, they start reaching because they know it's underneath there. That's when that concept of permanence has gained strength in their mind. Or when you cover up your face and they reach... For your fingers and try to pull your fingers away or your hand away. That's when they have accomplished that concept that you still exist, whether they see you or not. You all have accomplished that because if you had not accomplished that concept of permanence, you wouldn't be here today. Someone told you, oh, Mark Hernandez is going to be speaking today, or we're going to be gathering at SRVBC on Sunday morning. And if you did not know that this building still existed or that I existed, even if you hadn't seen me for a week or two or three months, if you did not know that, you wouldn't be here. Why? Because in your mind, I don't exist. Let's put that to aside. Faith. Hebrews 11.1. 1. And in Hebrews 11.1, one, it says, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. In the International Children's Bible, it says faith means being sure of things we hope for. Faith means knowing that something is real, even if we do not see it. Webster tells us it's a firm belief in something for which there is no proof. Belief and trust in and loyalty, loyalty to God. As you can see from these both definitions, faith has to do with certainty. But it doesn't stop there, because faith in its truest form is when you have certainty in God to the point that it causes you to act. Let me put it in a different way. Let's say if this is zero. No knowledge. We have 100% knowledge up here. That's our belief. It comes into the reason concept of who we are. We either understand something or we don't. It's between zero and 100%. That's belief. That's where belief comes from. From that point forward... Things that we don't understand is where faith comes in. Why? Because we don't understand it. We can't comprehend it. We cannot measure it. We can't quantify it. We cannot measure it. But it exists. That's faith. Belief is based on information, therefore, while faith is based on application, of what you know. Truth is telling a friend a secret and asking them, do not reveal it to anybody, and knowing that they will not reveal it because you told them not to. Faith is telling them the secret. That's it. No further instructions and knowing that their judgment would never fail you. Trust comes, from, or comes with stipulations. Faith has none. So why is it important to have faith? Hebrews 11.6 Because without faith, it is impossible to please God. That's why faith is so important. Based on the above definition, trust is developed as we interact and we get to know someone better. Because the only way to believe in someone's character is by knowing them. And in this, and when this is done, we're in, we have to interact with them. Just like you trusting your loved ones or the person who chose, you choose as a mate, a life mate. Once you become, uh, once you know that individual, you spend time with them and your trust starts to grow. So while faith is based on convictions for which we, n- we may not necessarily have proof, Belief can be backed by truth, by, by uh, proof. Faith comes from a belief system and is therefore permanent. Trust, belief is built through our relationship with someone whom we are building the rapport over time. And this may not be permanent. Hebrews 11.6 We saw that without faith it's impossible to please him, to please God, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists. There is a belief. We have to know that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. So, if this is the case, where does faith come from? How do we obtain faith? We already know how we obtain our beliefs, but how, where does that faith come from? The source is found in Hebrews 12.2. Faith comes from God, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer or the author. There's the word, the author and perfecter of faith. Also in Romans twelve three, the second part, and I'm going to paraphrase that part. Keep in mind that the amount of faith God has given you the last part there with the faith god has distributed to each of you so we know now that faith comes from god but that last part according to the faith god has distributed to each one according to what does that mean does that mean that Faith is different in each person? Does that mean that faith can increase? We know for a fact that faith can grow. Hebrews, again, 12.2, he is the perfecter of faith. That word perfecter. You have faith? Yes. God continues to to help you perfect it. So yes, it can grow. 2 Thessalonians 1.3 Your faith, we ought always to thank God for you, brothers and sisters, and rightly so, because your faith is growing more and more. And the love of all you have for one another is increasing. So we know that faith comes from God, And it can increase. Which begs the question, how does it increase? These are just simple ways. There's many ways that you can find in the scriptures and different methods to accomplish the same thing. But I'm going to give you a few options here. Number one... Ask God. Matthew 7 7. I'm just going to ask and it will be given to you. Just ask God. Verse 8. For anyone who asks receives. Pretty simple. You ask God for faith, and he will give it to you. James 4.2, you do not have because, yes, yes. I don't know. Have you asked? Oh, I never thought about that. And if you ask and don't have the answer is in the following verse, verse 3 of James 4. And if you ask and don't have, it says, because you ask with wrong motives so that you may spend it on your own pleasures. You're asking it for yourself. If I may say it pretty bluntly, we're being selfish. God didn't give us our gifts for ourselves. He gave us our gifts. He gave us our gifts to help and to share them with other people. So we can ask God. Number two, we can pray. Mark 9.29. This is talking about a child who had a spirit who caused this child to be mute. And the spirit would toss him into the water and toss him into the fire, and this father was tormented from this child, seeing the child throwing himself into the fire and throwing himself into water to try to drown him or burn him. So, of course, the, the father, the parents are concerned. And so they bring him to, the father bring this child to, Jesus' disciples and say, please fix him. Take that spirit out of him. And they try and they can't. Mark 9.29 says, this kind of spirit, that is, can come out only by prayer. Which means there needs to be faith. If I'm going to perform something, I have to have Faith. And the last one is hearing the word of God. Romans 10, 17. So faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. And it's interesting, we don't have time for this, but it's interesting how our brains work regarding hearing things versus seeing them. Back in the days, I won't say when, but we had radios. (laughs) And we used to listen to the radios and the programs. I remember seeing people glued to the radio, listening to a game of some sort. And you could even see them leaning towards the radio so excited and so enthused about what was going on on the radio. And it's as if they were able to, in their mind, create this film or this movie of what was going on as the person was talking on the radio, describing play by play. And it's amazing what our brains how our brains work regarding when we're listening and including the word of God. In order for us to function as faithful Christians, we need to be perfected by the word of God. When God's word nourishes us, we grow in faith. Another question. Can Christians believe in God but lack faith in him? Short answer? Yes. Let me present this to you. Do you believe that it's possible for a person to jump out of a plane 5 7000 feet above the ground? Jump out of the plane and land safely without Ending their life Pardon me With with a parachute Do you think that's possible? Do you believe it's possible? And how do you know? Because either you saw it in an air show Personal witness You saw it in a movie Or you read about it Other ways You heard probably someone else telling you "Oh, I did this And I survived And so you believe it That's belief We know, we believe That it is possible for someone to jump out of the plane And land safely on the ground Right? How many of you would be willing To put this on? Not me. You can jump out of the plane. Some of you are daredevils, like, yeah, let's do it. This is faith. I mean, not this. (laughs) But the concept which it stands for. You say you believe that it's possible, but when you have the opportunity, you don't do it. Faith, ah, I'm getting ahead of myself. As we all know, it's one thing to hear and believe, and it's other thing to take action. The fact remains that we must act if we are really serious about growing in faith. The word of God in James 2:14 tells us, "What does it profit, my brethren, brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds, no works? Can such faith save them?" Faith without works It's dead. We have to put it in practice. I'm not saying it. I'm not suggesting you jump out (laughs) of a plane this afternoon. Please don't do that. But start putting your faith in God. Start trusting God in the little things. And little by little, you'll be able to increase that faith. Little by little, you'll be closer to him. In other words, spend time with God. Listen to his voice through his word. Read the Bible. Let him speak to you. This is how he speaks to us. Talk with him by way of prayer. Let him know what's going on in your life. Yes, he knows all that already, but he wants to hear it from you. He needs to hear it from you. And after spending time with him, you will learn to trust him you will learn to have faith in him. This is all theoretical, I realize. And everybody and some people can actually tell you their experience. But there's nothing, there's nothing that compares with you experiencing the love of God in your personal life. There's nothing that compares with you trusting God in your own personal life. You have to experience it yourself. Nobody else can do that for you. Faith versus belief has a major difference because faith is longer, stronger, and more durable than belief. Many people have a belief in things. Yet the belief does not cause them to have trust and faith in that belief. Example, Santa Claus. The fairy tooth. When we're child, we think like a child. We act like a child. But as we grow old, older, when we grow in faith, we start trusting. We start putting into practice that which we have learned, that some things are permanent, no matter whether we see them or not. Belief only relates to a mental acknowledgement and not a heart commitment. Unless the belief is tied in with faith, as Taylor sung this uh, this morning, salvation cannot occur. A person has to express legitimate faith in Christ in order to be saved and receive that forgiveness of their sins. Apart from faith, a person is still lost in their sins and condemned to hell. To eternal perdition without the forgiveness of God that's what's going to happen which is only found in the place in Christ placing our faith in Christ belief alone cannot save a person only true genuine faith in Christ provides salvation by grace Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 tells us that. By grace. What's grace? Something that God gives us without us deserving it. By grace, you have been saved through faith. There has to be faith. If there's someone today, either here in the room or watching online, that still today, you have not given your heart to Christ. You have not trusted him. You do not have faith in him. This is the time. God saves us by grace, through faith, And those two things are given to us by God. The next part of that verse says, and this is not your own doing. There is nothing that we can do to be saved. God gave us the grace. God gives us the faith. All we have to do is accept it, put it into practice. Why? Why does God provide all of this? Because in the end, nobody can say, I did it my way. So that no one could boast about your own salvation. Let's pray. Lord Jesus Christ, we don't want to just know what you have said and affirm it is true. Help us to demonstrate faith by putting actions to what you have said. Let our actions be the evidence we believe that you will do the things you tell us that you are going to do and everything you said you would do. Give us the grace to start where we are and allow our faith to grow in you. Let our faith grow strong so we will see more of you working in every area of our lives. And let us use that to encourage not only ourselves, but others along the way as well. We thank you for this. In Jesus' name, amen.